You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to the Overreaction Monday edition of the Locked On Longhorns Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Brown. You can follow me on Twitter at Pat Sports Guy. You can follow the Firecracker, Cami and G. Or you can uh, follow the show, Locked On Horns on Twitter, Locked On Longhorns on Instagram. We're actually going to try and be better about posting on the Instagram. I sometimes forget about it. Uh, but I do want to remind you this episode of the Overreaction Monday, where Tammy wants to fire everybody, is brought to you by Built Bar. So head on over to BuiltBar.com. Use that promo code Locked On. They're going to give you 20% off your next order. L O C K E D O N. All right, Cammy. We, um, once again, Texas Longhorns fell behind late in the fourth quarter, needed a miraculous comeback, only to fall short once again to Oklahoma, which I think makes it sting worse that it's Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. Um, Heartbreaking. Yeah, so immediately after the game, the, you know, Cammie's texting me and she's like, hey, <laughs> fire everybody. Tom Herman, Mike Yersich. Steve in, in, uh, up in the stands doing the popcorn. I mean, she wanted to fire everybody. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was not happy with that uh, game plan at all. I know injuries kind of uh, played their role. Obviously, Jake Smith um, re-aggravated his hamstring injury and then Caden Stearns with the turf toe and things like that. And uh, you could argue that the, that's two of their top players on each side of the ball. So um, that obviously wasn't working in their favor. Ingram um, having ball security issues to start the game, I just – um, you never want to start a game on that note. And so ever since that moment, I just felt like Texas was going to be playing catch up in that game, which uh, they basically were. And I just thought it was a messy game in general. It was littered with penalties and um, turnovers and things like that. So uh, it was just a heartbreaking way to lose. All right. Well, let's um, let's start this off at the top. Uh, in segment two of the show, we'll talk a little bit about the offense and some of the issues that we saw there. Uh, we'll talk defense in the final segment, but right now I want to focus on, let's start at the top. Let's talk about Tom Herman. This football team is one of the most undisciplined football teams in college football, week in and week out. Tom Herman came out to, on Monday, today, for his uh, press conference, and he stated uh, when he was talking about the, the penalties and the bonehead plays, he said that they do not punish players we're making those bonehead mistakes. He said, you know, I never have, but my staff from other staffs have done that, so we're going to start doing it as a last resort. I kind of feel like that should have been your first one. I mean, obviously, yeah. coachable moments, right, Cammy? It's coachable. Mm-hmm. You do that, you say, hey, look, I'm punishing you by taking reps away in practice. Maybe you're going to be with the second team. You're going to be with the scout team this week. You think maybe not to that extent, but that's kind of where it should have started, but also coach them up and and to come out and find out there's no accountability whatsoever on this football team. Yep. That's the exact word I was about to say. I think that all boils down to accountability and you're right. They're one of the most, I guess, undisciplined teams I've probably ever watched and uh, we're Cowboys fans. So that says a lot, but it's just familiar failures with Tom Herman. And I think he, all these unranked losses that we talk about, like the TCUs, um, I think that he's just completely getting out coached in every phase. And uh, you can't have that at a program like Texas. No, you can't. And, and the undisciplined thing, it's a culture thing. 
right? And, and this has been a culture thing since Mac Brown left. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe Charlie Strong did better on the culture side, but he didn't do so well on the football side. But to hear these things, the the celebrations after giving up a first down, the hitting uh, like Derek Kerstetter, he cost that football team potentially seven points. Or really oh, four. the, the punter? Yeah. No, 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 no. Uh, I know I'm saying like, and also the punter's penalty. Oh, also the punter. Yeah, the uh, unsportsmanlike penalty on, on the punter. I mean, there's no discipline whatsoever. Uh, yeah. And you look at, you know, Kerstetter's, they technically cost them four points because they had to kick a field goal. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. Like, you can't just run into the pile. I mean, clearly down. The attention to detail is not there. Uh, undisciplined football, you know, and, and – the, I think the thing that irked me most, though, like I can live with uh, penalties where maybe you're giving too much effort, you know, effort plays. Right, yeah. I, I can I can stand that. But celebrating after stopping a guy after he just <laughs> caught a first down and went for 15 yards, to me, and, and it was interesting because uh, Charles O'Minahue, he commented about it, and then, you know, of course, Chris Brown fired back. Which I don't think he should have done. I think as a current player, uh, obviously former players and uh, even former staff members are always going to be talking on social media. And I think as a current player, you can't let that phase you. I don't think he should have retaliated in any way. I thought um, it was a little uh, unprofessional in the way he responded as well. So uh, he obviously was probably, his emotions were heavy after that game. But yeah, you just, you can't be doing that stuff. He literally gave up a first down and started celebrating. Yeah, I mean, Right, and it's those, it's those little things that, you know, maybe that didn't have much of the total impact of the game, uh, but in that moment, it's just like you got to think, get your head in the game, don't worry about the celebration, uh, focus more on what do I got to do now, you know, get in position, mm-hmm. stop them, uh, because early on in that football game, uh, it looked like Texas might get rolled. Um, you know, their, their offense yep. wasn't there. Uh, Oklahoma I was worried. Started I was, going. Worried I was like, oh, here we go. When he yep. was 10 nothing, I was like, oh, here we go. They're about to start that run. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it didn't happen, and, and we'll get into the offense here in just a moment. But the, another thing that I heard in the press conference, is Tom Herman constantly talks about these issues that they're having. He's like, he goes, we're this close. He goes, they're mm-hmm. fixable issues. We just have to fix them. Okay, well, if I, have to hear, exactly. if I have to hear you say that three weeks in a row, yeah. my question is, running out of time. when are you going to fix it? Right. Like, if you, if you pay attention to the football power index from ESPN, they still have them as the second highest to win the Big 12, despite mm-hmm. the fact that they're looking up at three teams and, and they have their own issues as well. But they still have everything in front of them. Because if Texas wins out, nobody can prevent them from getting into the conference championship game. True. For the most part. And, and I think now, uh, now that you're talking about the Big 12 title race, which I think is completely wide open at this point, um, the Kansas State uh, news, Skylar Thompson not playing the rest of the season, I think that's a huge blow to the Big 12. I think Kansas State uh, probably was, or right now would be within the top three or four of my um, – particular big 12 power rankings but uh, that's a big blow for them so I don't I'm not I'm not really uh, too confident in them moving forward so I'd probably have to uh, think Iowa State Oklahoma State Oklahoma and Texas are your top four again which uh, we've we've kind of assumed that would happen going into this season but 
yeah, we'll see. It's it's wide open though. Yeah, all right, let's get into the offensive issues that we saw on Saturday with Sam Ellinger, the offense, and, and what they were able to do, what they weren't able to do, and why we think some of these things are happening. Uh, but first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Built Bar. As I said at Open the Show, you can go to BuiltBar.com and use our promo code Locked On. You're getting 20% off your next order. Uh, you know, as far as watching your football team and getting all hyped up like Cammy was on Saturday, she was hyped up for this game. I swear, she was chowing down on some Bill Bar. She was getting her energy up. Uh, one great thing, for a limited time right now, they're doing a strawberry flavor. I know I love strawberry. I'm sure Cammy does. I mean, she she seems like the type. Right, Cammy? I do. I yeah, love so strawberry. You got to check it out. Limited time. But go to BuiltBar.com. Use that promo code LOCKDOWN. That's 20% off. We're going to save you a little money. Uh, you can get your energy up. You need a snack. Go to you're trying to conserve your weight. So you can eat all those game day foods, you know, eat those during the week. Don't don't splurge then. Wait till the wait till the weekend with the games kicking off. But head on over to BillBar.com. Use the promo code locked on. You're getting 20% off. Offense, 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 Cammie. So going into the season, we didn't think offense was a problem. Yeah, and it's funny because it wasn't really until the TCU game that I started uh, getting a little frustrated uh, with some of this play calling. But, um, I mean, Ellinger was, again, your leading rusher. They're forcing the ball downfield. He was not accurate in the air against Oklahoma uh, or TCU, but um, – I I just I, I think you told me Ellinger was actually zero for eleven downfield. Uh, when when throwing beyond twenty yards, zero for yeah. eleven uh, with an interception. Throwing beyond 10, 10 yards from the line of scrimmage, he was three out of seventeen. Jeez. So uh, forcing the ball downfield did not work for them. Uh, mm -hmm. But let's talk about before we get into all the negatives because I don't want this to be completely a negative podcast. Even though I think we're not the only ones frustrated right now with this football team. The positives from the offense. Jordan Whittington, he played a full mm -hmm. game. Um, you know, that's that's a positive. He was your leading receiver in terms of receptions. He was doing some of those things that you expect. You know, it was I was kind of excited going into this game because I thought, finally, Jake Smith, Jordan Whittington, we're going to exactly. have both of them. And that didn't happen. It's like the football guys do not want them on the field at the same time. It's Unfair either, advantage. Yes, it's either Whittington's in or Smith's out or, yeah, that that stinks. And I, I'm really curious what actually happened to Jake Smith pregame or how he aggravated that pregame. That sounds interesting to me. But well, uh, another positive side I wanted to touch on real quick was Joshua Moore because we felt like he kind of disappeared. Uh, I know he was dealing with that injury a little bit against TCU, but uh, he was their leading receiver with 83 yards and a touchdown. So, uh, I a big that touchdown. Positive. Mm -hmm. You know, it, that was a huge touchdown for the team late in the fourth quarter, the final three minutes. Again, Sam Ellinger, two touchdowns in the final three minutes. Forces overtime again. Just couldn't do enough in the overtime. Uh, I think offensively, my big issue, and I'm sure you saw this, their first 13 drives, uh, you had a fumble right off the bat. 
uh, from Keontae Ingram. So the very first carry he gets following the fumble against TCU, he fumbles again. And so Tom Herman benched him immediately. Yeah, um, which I think was warranted. Right. Um, it, it stinks that it came against a team like Oklahoma because uh, with Roshan's shoulder issues uh, being ongoing, I guess, and um, obviously true freshman of B. John Robinson. So, so they really could have used his experience there. But uh, I think he went, only had three carries after that maybe or total. Three carries total in that game. Wow. And the only reason that he went back in was because of Roshan re-aggravated that AC joint. Uh, you know, we, do, we did get some updates uh, injury-wise. He's kind of day-to-day right now, so they're not real sure. Uh, so, but I think with the offense and some of the issues that we're seeing, uh, but like I said, uh, they had in their first 13 possessions, they had five where they went three and out. On those possessions combined, 29 net yards. So the problem is that the offense is not being consistent. And I think a lot of it starts with running the football and their inability to run the football. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, outside of Sam Ellinger, who ran for over 100 yards in this game, they don't have a rushing game. And, and let me remind you, most of that 100 yards, 100 plus yards rushing that Ellinger had, fourth quarter in overtime. That's where it mm-hmm. happened, about 80% of it. You know, you could say that Sam Ellinger in this game for 80% of the game was bad. I agree. Uh, the mm-hmm. throwing the football, but I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I don't think Mike Yursich was doing a good enough job in this game to really help Sam Ellinger. The constant deep shots, the the missing a wide open Bijan, uh, you know, uh, a Brennan Eagles, you know, missing those shots down the field, you know, you can live with some of that if you're a little better into in, double in, coverage on several of them which yeah i mean well the one against me Bijan, there was three sooners around him yeah um you know he, yeah, he, you're, he, you're thrown down field to a running back who's basically triple covered <laughs> yeah. that made no sense to me right right so some of it is on ellinger for the decision making uh others is scheming it um the constant throwing you know between what was it like the 10 to 20 yard range mm-hmm. i mean it's it's not good. I mean, he was three out of six, but but still, I mean, that's where he, and he's thrown interceptions and the yeah. the interception where he threw it to Joshua Moore in the end zone, underthrew that ball, and uh, uh, Woody Washington was able to jump up, grab that. Uh, on the other one, he just overthrew his guy uh, mm-hmm. in the second or in the fourth overtime, cost him the game because they were needing a touchdown plus a two point conversion. So really, when you look at you know, some of the things that were going on on offense, especially from Ellinger, it was just bad. And, and no running game, that offensive line was terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was, I, I think to this day still, is one of the most surprising um, things to happen at Texas's offense because we weren't, we weren't too worried about this offensive line. And uh, obviously against, well, until Texas Tech, we're getting pressure well, with the three-man rush. That was concerning, but – yeah, I think that's been one of their downfalls the last three weeks, you could argue. I think now, – now, you mentioned that that wasn't a concern. Mm-hmm. And it probably should have been. Uh, you know, I think a lot of it – and I'm guilty of this – was buying into the hype of Texas football this year. I thought right. this was the year. It, it was set up perfectly. But if you go and look, I, I'm going to be honest. If there's one assistant coach – that I think should be on the hot seat and on the way out, it's Herb Hand. First off, 
you can't recruit elite talent on the offensive line. You lose, you lost out on Brockermeyer, both of them, you know, and that those are legacy guys. How do you lose legacy guys? I mean, mm-hmm. they would have been third generation guys. I mean, yeah, Luke is already on the team, but you lost Tommy and, and uh, uh, James, which were top at their position, offensive tackle and center. Mm-hmm. We're two areas of concern right now for Texas. Offensive tackle and center. Uh, Christian yeah. Jones is not doing good on the outside. And, and, and Tom Herman brought it up. They said, "What do you, can you grade Christian Jones? Can you grade Denzel Okafor? And Tom Herman said it really wouldn't be fair because that whole offensive line is playing like crap. You know, yeah. and, and I agree with that, but it starts with Herb Hand. And these are the same issues that he had at Auburn. The same exact issues. Oh, allowing 2.5 sacks per game. Wow, yeah. I think recruiting is probably the biggest downfall there uh, with the offensive line. But uh, at the same time, you can still find diamond, diamonds in the rough. Like Sam Cosme, for example, he was just a three-star recruit. And uh, he's probably going to be a top 20 NFL draft pick in the 2021 draft. So, uh it's tough to say. I think it's easy to put blame on just about anyone right now because it just doesn't look good on either side of the ball, um, even special teams. I think there's nothing looks good. Obviously, we mentioned Ellinger is having all these accuracy issues in the air. You could argue that he has been accurate all season except that one half against UTEP, which we kind of uh, use as a disclaimer. But um, in conference play, he really hasn't looked that great. And they're relying on his legs again like they have the past several years. And uh, that hasn't always worked out for them. So uh, I just feel like they're playing catch-up in every single game. And eventually it's going to bite them like it has the past two weeks. And what does it come down to, Kami? Development. And that is player development. The that's the crux of this team right now. Uh, and we talked about it week in and week out, and it starts with Tom Herman. But the reason why I point to Herb Hand, before we get into our next segment, I just want to say this. Herb Hand has been here every year. He was the one, him and Stan Drayton were the only two assistants on the offensive side mm-hmm. of the ball that got to keep their jobs. So if you're going to stay, I expect to see improvement, and I'm not seeing it. All right, but let's dive into the defensive side of the ball, the problems I'm seeing from Chris Ash's unit. And um, hopefully – We can talk about how to fix this. Well, we're going to talk about the defense once again, Cammie. Defense is a problem. This tackle is a problem. Where do we begin? Let's start positive. What was a positive in this game? Um... (laughs) <laughs> on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, I, I want – Evershawn still obviously led the team in missed tackles, so that's a negative. But I was thinking back to uh, his interception. So um, they did force a couple turnovers. I think that's probably a positive. Um, their tackling was still god-awful. I, I think you can have some uh, chime in on some exact numbers of that. But, um, yeah, I think it's really concerning, though, that Overshawn has led the team in missed tackles. and. Can, Three weeks in a row. I like what? About forty nine uh, missed tackles three weeks in a row. Good lord. Um well if you count just those three weeks, forty nine. There's honestly not much there's I'm, I really am trying to think hard on a positive on the Joseph defensive side of the ball. Yeah. I think you yeah, you had a good performance. And we saw uh, actually uh, Matt Miller tweet about him as well. Um even though Texas gets a lot of rap for their uh, poor defenses, but 
he really could be probably a second round draft pick in 2021. So um, Matt Miller was saying he's a, he's a top 20 edge on his board. So um, obviously he's playing, playing pretty well. It's just, um, unfortunately, the entire defense is struggling as a whole. Yeah, he's not getting any help. Right. Straight up. And, and to talk about your missed tackles, this season they have 60 in four games. They're on pace to have 150 missed tackles this year. Let me just oh put that God. in. Let me put that in terms you can understand. 150 missed tackles. Last season under Todd Orlando was 157, but they played 13 games. Texas is about to do it in 10. You know, that doesn't include a Big 12 championship. That doesn't include the bowl game. I just projected it based on the 10-game schedule, and it was 150. I mean, that tells you how bad they are. And their first year in Austin under Todd Orlando and Tom Herman, they had 92 missed tackles that year. And then it just progressively got worse mm-hmm. each year. Familiar fail- failure is what I'm going to start calling all of this. <laughs> familiar failure? Yep. Uh, because it is very familiar. To put this in perspective, Ohio State had less than 100 missed tackles last year. Well-coached team, huh? Well-coached. That, that must be nice. Uh, you know, you know, they played in a championship <sighs> game. They won their conference. They went to the playoffs. They didn't win. They went to the playoffs. That, that, that's the thing that you're aiming for, right? Uh-huh. I think that's your ultimate goal. Is Alabama. Yeah. Let's talk about Alabama. Everybody loves Alabama, right? Uh-huh. How many games did they played last year? About 15. Made it all the way, right? Yeah, consistent 14. as ever. 14, I'm sorry, because LSU was 15. So they played 14 games last year, and they had 107 missed tackles. 107 in 14 games. Wow. So that's less than 10 per game. I bet uh, they're getting disciplined uh, when they do have a missed tackle, though. I, yeah. I mean, there's so uh, many Nick different Saban? ways you can look you at ever that. Met him? Yes. Have you ever oh, met gosh. the guy? Uh, have you ever talked to the guy for five minutes? <laughs> yeah, but these are the things, though. The missed tackle. And so here's what I – the correlation I found. Starting in 2017 till now, the missed tackles per game, as they went up, so did – the amount of points per game that Texas gave up on defense. Under Tom Herman, 2017 was their best in missed tackle rate. Less than wow. 10 a game. You know how many points per game they gave up that year? How? 21.2. This year, they're on pace to give up 150 missed tackles and 36.3 points 36 per game. points per game given up? Oh, that is – you can't win football games with that. Their uh, defense the last three weeks have given up 47 points per game. Oh my if you gosh. take out the overtime, because that's I was just going to say, yeah, it, both overtimes. Mm-hmm. Right? You want to take that out? That's fine. They're still giving up 40 points a game. Jeez. So, when you have an offense that's not scoring 40 a game and a defense that's giving up 40 a game, that's why you're playing 500 football. Mm-hmm. Why? Because you're not doing the little things. You're not playing disciplined football. Uh, we're, we're worried about the lack of a pass rush. We're worried about the linebackers missing tackles. And, you know, these things, like, when Tom Herman spoke to the media on Monday, he had said that, you know, we played better defensively, but our red zone defense is still a problem. Well, your red zone defense is still a problem because you're not getting off the field. Why are you not getting off the field? Because you can't tackle. Exactly. You're allowing them to get further down the field. 
Yeah, and our offense technically isn't really staying on the field because they have no run game right now. It's like a recipe for disaster on both sides of the ball. So um, I don't know if it can be fixed this season. I think they're kind of fortunate right where they are right now because, yeah, they can still compete for the Big 12 title. But um, And honestly, realistically, they could win the Big 12 still um, and, and likely play Oklahoma at the end. But I, I don't think Chris Del Conte is going to be very pleased or obviously isn't pleased this season. And uh, we've kind of already mentioned that Tom Herman's likely on a short leash. This was his one one chance to reshape his staff, and it's clearly not working out. It's the same issues year over year over year, inconsistency issues. You have player development issues, uh, and you have a top 10 recruiting class in the nation and can't ever produce on the field. So I think it makes a valid argument uh, if Chris Del Conte maybe wants to start looking uh, elsewhere. Or uh, I don't – and here's my thing is when when he made these changes prior to the season, I mean, you know, we've had this conversation time and time again. I felt like this wasn't the year to put him on a hot seat. If he performed right. mm-hmm. poorly, then, yes, the next year he should be on that short leash. Uh, but at the rate that they're losing recruits, that's, down, that's a big time right spiral. there. Mm-hmm. It's a downward spiral there. You're losing recruits. You're losing football games. You can't beat Oklahoma. You can't beat TCU. You know, mm-hmm. those are two of the teams that they just absolutely cannot beat. Um, and it shouldn't be. There's the developmental issue. Um, and then it's these disciplinary things, right? The undisciplined football. I mean, it just – it's not getting any better. So it's like, right. well, we got rid of these coaches to fix these things, and they're still happening. Mm-hmm. So it becomes a culture issue. But here's what I'm going to say about Chris Del Conte. I think he's doing a fantastic job as athletic director. I think every – it seems like every hire that he's made, he's made right choices. You know, you, you could talk about Shaper. You could talk about uh, Mike White. You could talk about um, David Price. I mean, or Pierce. And they're making all these great hires – but then you look at the football program, the one that's making them all that money. Uh-huh. And Almost 70% the of their revenue. Yeah, I think Crystal Conte, and, and I agree with all of your points. I think he's a great athletic director. And he, I guess if you read between the lines when he talks, he wants to only hire uh, proven championship winning coaches. I don't think uh, if they did move on from Herman, which I don't think um, they would move on from him during this COVID year, an unusual year and things like that. But I think he's certainly on the hot seat uh, heading into next season if he's still around. So um, there's not many championship proven coaches out there right now that are available. I don't think uh, whole Everland, someone like Nick Saban or uh, Dabo from Clemson or anything like that. I think they're uh, going to stay where they're at. So you're really just looking at guys like Urban Meyer, who uh, appears to be a, a hot topic. And by the way, he was certainly laying into this Texas team and coaching staff at halftime. Um, I know you even made a comment about that. So uh, he's very tuned in. I think it's a still an attractive head coaching position, although one of the most stressful probably in all of college football. So it, I just don't know um, where they'd look really because everyone's like, oh, fire Herman. I'm like, okay, well, who are you going to hire type of thing? Right, yeah, so. it's not just a simple thing as this is how I fix it. I'm going to fire him, okay? Right. And then? Yeah. Which plan? But not, no one really has a solid list of coaches that they think they would even interview, you know? So it's like, 
it's really tough to determine where to go from here, but I don't think Herman has a long-term future in Austin. I will say, as far as this is concerned, and this will be my final point before we get out of here, this mess was created by Chris Del Conte, and now he's got to fix it. And oh. the only way that he can do it, he's got to fire Herman. And the reason why I say he created it is because he created an environment with zero accountability. Exactly. I agree with that. That's going to do it for this edition of the Locked On Longhorns podcast. Make sure you're heading on over to Locked On Podcast to get your favorite coverage. Your team every day, Monday through Friday. We're going to be back tomorrow. Hopefully we're going to have more answers and questions as we did on an overreaction Monday. But for Cammie, I'm Patrick. And as always, keep it locked on. Hook them.